Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along on this Monday morning. We've been discussing moral relativism and how do we help a person understand moral absolutes and moral truth. This is so, so very important in our day when people have been taught that we determine our morals by how we feel. How do you determine your moral truths, your moral realities? How do you discover what is really true and what is right in an absolute sense? As Christians, we, we say we believe in absolute morality rather than relative morality. And yet, so often we have trouble explaining that, don't we? And so over the next few days, we've been talking about this in the past week, over those next few days, we're going to discuss some specific examples of moral truth and how to explain this to others. Jesus was asked, what is the great commandment of the law? The Pharisees were asked, and they were trying to trap him. And Jesus' answer to what is the, the um, great commandment, the greatest commandment, was this. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophet. This week, we're going to be looking at some of the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments can really be divided in half. The first four commandments have to do with loving God. Where, Jesus, where God says, you shall have no other gods before me, you shall not make for yourself an idol, you shall not take my name in vain, and you shall honor the Sabbath, keep it holy. The fifth commandment is kind of a bridge commandment, honor your mother and father. It has to do with how we relate to our parents often affects how we relate to God. And yet they are human beings, so it's the fifth commandment. And the last five have to do solely with how we treat other people. Starting with the sixth commandment, you shall not commit murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, and you shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. So these, these fall into this, the first four, love the Lord your God, the last five, love your neighbors yourself, that fifth one, your parents, parents kind of a bridge between the two, and they help us understand God's law and how Jesus basically taught the law is designed to help us love God and to love others. In other words, you know, let's take the last. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to steal from him or you're not going to kill him, sleep with his wife, steal his property, bear false witness about him, or covet, his, covet what he has. If you love the, the Lord your God, you're going to honor him as the one true God. You're not going to worship uh uh, idols, you're not going to take his name in vain, and you're, not, and you're going to honor him with your time and your life in very practical ways. This is the Ten Commandments. This is the new law that Jesus brought. But this old law is the basis upon which our moral behavior is established and identified. And so we want to talk today with this sixth commandment. It ought to be an obvious one. You shall not commit murder. On campus, I often ask an atheist, I'll hold up a picture of Adolf Hitler and I'll say, tell me why he was wrong and don't just give me your opinion. And the truth is, I've never yet any, I've never met any atheist yet who can give me a reason. 
Now, they might have one. I've just never heard one because it all comes down to opinion. Well, I feel they shouldn't do this. I feel you shouldn't hurt people. I feel you. I, I, I feel it's bad for society. I feel it was not, uh, well, you know, Hitler said it was good for society what he did. Hitler, Hitler, Hitler would argue with you. Every opinion you would express, he would express a different one. And then, my friends, it comes down to simply this. Who's got the bigger gun? This is part of the problem in our culture today. If we lose sight of the true basis of moral truth and, and everything becomes everyone does what's right in his own eyes, as it says in Judges, then it kind of comes down to who's got the bigger gun. Now, in our day, fortunately, the gun is still political. But history tells us that the gun can quickly move beyond politics, beyond a vote, beyond a representative government, and become with a literal gun. This is where we don't want to go as a people. We want to be solving our issues by discussion, by voting, by persuasion, rather than by violence and force. And, uh, and we hope we never go there. So this question, murder. What's wrong with murder? Now, it's kind of intuitive, isn't it? I mean, Jesus did teach you shall treat others the way you want to be treated. That's the golden rule, and he taught that. And that is kind of innate within us. In Romans, it says God's written his law upon our hearts, Romans chapter 2. And sure enough, so many people realize these things. They say, well, of course you don't murder. But can you explain why? And here's why this is important. It seems humanity has never, there's no limit to what human beings can justify in terms of behavior if they want to do it. Let me say that again. This is so important. We, we might know something intuitively. Like, well, you don't kill people. You don't murder people. We might know that intuitively. But if we can't really explain it and, and stand by it intellectually, logically, morally with our will, can often argue with our conscience, and lots of times I've found our logic can win. You ever been in that situation yourself where your mind, your logic kind of had a battle with, your, with, with what your conscience said? Your conscience said, don't do it, and you sit there and say, yeah, but why? What's wrong with it? And we, and we debate ourselves, and if your logic, your reasoning wins out, you're probably sinning. You're probably making the wrong choice. We've all done it, haven't we? I know I have. And what, so therefore, it's important that we listen to our conscience, our conscience be sensitive, and we, and we understand and recognize that this conscience is the voice of, it's the voice, it's, God has written his law within us. It's the voice of God urging us, warning us not to go that certain path, and we don't argue with our conscience and try and talk ourselves out of it. But if we are going to argue then we better understand and we better know what, what the truth is. So let's look at what God says. 
this is my answer. If someone, if, you know, if an atheist or somebody says, okay, well, then tell me why you think it's wrong and don't give me your opinion. If they turn it right back on me, I say, okay, here's why. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord God. And then he gives his commandments and we get down to the sixth one, you shall not commit murder. If you ask me why murder is wrong, I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to give you God's law, what God says. There's a difference. Again, if it's all my opinion and, and someone else has a different opinion, then who wins? The person with the bigger gun. But I'm not giving you just my opinion. I'm telling you what God said. Thus saith the Lord. I am the Lord God. I say. I, the, then God said. The Lord God tells us, you shall not commit murder. Well, as we talked about last week, that's important. And as Christians, this should be enough. He is the authority. He is the ultimate. We don't argue with God. We don't, we don't say, my opinion is equal to God. I'm equal to the Almighty. That's what rebellion is. That's what the essence of sin is is that I, have, that I think my opinions, my thoughts, my reasoning are equal to God or maybe even superior to God. No, they're not. And so what, what, what do we do? We as Christians, we submit to the commandments of God. When we submit, we gain understanding. Lots of times we don't understand why something's right or wrong until we determine in our heart, I will obey. I might add it's that way in raising your children too. They need to learn to honor your authority and obey your authority. And lots of times it's not until after they do that they realize you were giving them the right instruction. Likewise with God. This is part of our act of faith and trust and humility before the Almighty. God said it. That settles it. I believe it. And I'm not going to argue with the Almighty. That's not a wise thing to do. You won't win, let me tell you. He's smarter. He knows the future. And he loves you more. All of God's commandments are given to you out of love, not to, not to steal away your happiness and joy, but to give you the fullness of life that you might flourish, you might thrive, and be filled with the joy God intended for you. Well, we talked, though, about how we want to have what's called the five Ps. And the five Ps that, again, I got from Josh McDonough's book, Right from Wrong, help us understand what this moral concept. So let's look at them real quick and talk about it in relationship to this commandment, you shall not murder. What would this do? The precept or the command is what I just read, you shall not commit murder, Exodus 20, verse 13. The principle behind the precept is that, that, that all life is made in the, that the principle, excuse me, the principle behind it, excuse me is that we are to value life, we are to respect life, we are to protect life. We are not to cheap treat life as cheap and something that can easily be discarded. We believe life can, from conception to natural death is to be protected and honored, and we are not to take that life. Now, quickly, I'm, I'm not going to get into the, the difference between, say, murder and killing, that murder is to take the life of an innocent. There, there are times when killing is not considered a crime or is, not, or is justified. I'm not going to get into that here today. I just want to talk about the taking of an innocent life, okay? Behind that is the person of God. 
The, prin- the principle is that life is, is sacred and to be protected. And by the way, we often talk about this term, the sanctity of life, without even knowing what that means. All kinds of people. This is a, like in the whole abortion issue today. The, the term, we believe in the sanctity of life. What's that mean? It means life is a gift from God. Life, human life, has innate value because we are made in the image of God and given by God. That's one reason why abortion, excuse me, evolution, why evolution is a dangerous idea. It teaches ultimately that we're just animals. We're just more advanced animals. And some people who wonder, well, if you can kill a cow, why can't you kill a human? What's really the difference? You say, no, people don't think that way. Let me assure you they do. Let me assure you there are lots of people in our country and lots of people in other countries who would value the life of an animal equal to the life of a human being and in some places even give it greater value. We, what is the principle here? Humans are made in the image of God. As being made in the image of God, life is a gift from God. It is sacred. There's a sanctity there. And we should protect it and respect it, not treat it cheaply and discard it. This is what God is like. God loves people. God cares for people. God values people. And we should as well. God values you. And God values that person you struggle with. God values that person who might not like you, and you might not like them. God values them, and their life is protected unless they have done something to forfeit the right to life. Again, I'm not getting into that today with capital punishment and so on. Unless that, that life is to be protected and valued. This protects us from what? Anarchy on one hand. If there's murder that goes in society amongst people, if there's murder, I mean, no one's secure. No one's safe. The weak, the strong prey on the weak. And after anarchy, we tend to, on the other week, tend to the other's extreme. That's tyranny. And that is where the few who've gotten the power oppress and exploit the weak. What does thou shalt not murder provide for? Security and safety. A civilized, a civilized society so that all can flourish and all can, can have opportunity. This is what it involves. And this is what, this is the principle. How do you understand, how do you teach? You shall not commit murder. Life is a gift from God. It's to be protected. It's to be honored. You and I don't have the right to take it. You and I are to protect it, honor it, love people. And there's tremendous benefit as we do. Now, I'd be remiss if I did not quickly mention um, what Jesus said about this because jesus remember in the old testament the law tells us what we should not do the new testament the law of love tells us what we should do in the old testament you just don't murder your enemy in the new testament you're called to love your neighbors yourself you see the difference in the old testament you're just not to steal from the guy in the new testament you're just not to you're to love and you're to give and you're to be generous the law of love jesus takes it to another level and look what he says here You've heard, that it said, you've heard that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court, and whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court, and whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go to the fiery hell. 
Now, folks, Jesus is getting to the heart of the issue here. He's saying to the Pharisees, they prided themselves. Well, at least we didn't kill the guy. But they had hatred in their heart and anger in their heart. And they said things with their words that were, shall we say, uh, in the heart, of, you know, not, not a legal sense here. I don't, the, you know, the, 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 their words were violent. Their words were hateful. Their words were sharp swords. And though it did not cause physical harm, Jesus was talking about the heart here. Jesus goes deeper than what the law should be. Indeed, in our world today, we don't advocate for laws against hate speech or laws against, we believe in freedom of speech. We don't advocate for laws against thought crimes, even freedom to think. The government can only punish damaging behavior. But Jesus goes deeper than that, and we should with ourselves too. It's never enough to just say, well, I didn't break the law. God's calling us to have love in our heart and to recognize where there's anger and hatred in our heart that we need to deal with that. The primary purpose of the, the, the Sermon on the Mount and this commandment was to show us our need for God. The Pharisees were self-righteous. They didn't think they needed God. They were okay. Jesus goes beneath the surface of are you legally or technically did you commit a crime or a sin to say that God looks upon the heart. And dare I say with us, when we think of this commandment of you shall not commit murder, we want to go beyond just technically, well, I didn't kill the person. And we want to say, I don't even hate the person. I have love in my heart. You say, how can you love a person who's doing wrong? Well, again, as Christians, we are called to love the sinner. That doesn't mean we affirm the sin. We don't love what, we may not love what a person's doing, but we love the person. This is what, fortunately, God does. He doesn't approve of our sin, but he loves us. And we're called to be like God. We may hate the sin, and we should hate the sin. Sin's destructive, damaging. We don't like the sin at all. We hate it. But we do love the sinner. This is the standard God calls us to. So as we consider this, as we consider these, this morality, and we see this in our day, you say, Tom, no one needs to hear not to murder. Well, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of murders occur in America. Often they occur within families. Often they occur with people who once said they loved one another. There's others that, you know, people hate one another. They just think that it's a wanton killing. But if you're going to be murdered in America, I believe that the odds are it will be from someone you know. And you know, and often someone that you should be loving. And instead, there's a murder there. And, of course, we have, like, if, if life to be protected from conception and natural death, we have issues, as we know, about abortion. Is that really killing an innocent life? If it is, it's a violation of this commandment. If that is a living human being, doesn't matter what the courts and law says, this is a violation of God's law. And if so, it's quite rampant in America. And on the other side, euthanasia law, death with dignity laws, where, where people help someone commit suicide. No, not right. Jesus came to give life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We stand against the, the taking of innocent life in all its forms. We have an ethic of valuing life as the gift of God.
Father in heaven, we thank you today that we are made in your image and you call us to live like you. I pray today, Father, for each of us that in our heart of hearts there would not be murderous thoughts, angry, hateful thoughts. Oh, God, obviously we pray we would never take that action. But I pray even in the depths of our heart there would be love instead of hatred, there would be patience instead of anger, there would be kindness and goodness as you have. We pray, Father, teach us how to, though we hate the sin that someone is committing, and we despise it, we see it's destructive. You give us the grace, the strength, and the capacity to love the sinner. We pray that we would be people who rise up and prevail, that it's shown that our way, the way of the kingdom, the way of the king, the way of Jesus is indeed the path of life. I pray today for, Lord, our nation, because we have lost this fear of God. We've lost saying that our our moral truth comes from, I am the Lord, and God says, and we've left it to our own moral reasonings, and now, Lord, we see just an increase in violence, an increase in in killing, an increase in anger, an increase in hatred. Lord, it's, it's like we each do what's right in our own eyes, and we're sinful people. We pray, Father, for a return in our land to an honoring of God and your ways, a respect of God, a fear of God, an acknowledgement of God. And Lord, that we would be people who then walk. There'd be a, we know that that's a step and that the people will then find salvation, the fullness of the Holy Spirit to walk in life in the way we should. We bless you. We love you. We love your law. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's how we have the opportunity to thrive, flourish, and become all we are meant to be as a society lives this way. We praise you and we bless you in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for joining me today. I didn't say earlier, I forgot to introduce myself. My name's Tom Short, and um, we're here every day, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. We, We get into and we study the Word of God. We talk about it. We want to apply it to our lives. Pray it over. Pray over it. We want to be people who follow the Lord. We're not once a week Christians. We're not once a year Christians. We're not Christians only when we feel like it. We're everyday Christians. So I invite you to join me and come back day by day by day. If you're new, welcome. Hit the notify button. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a comment where you're from. I always like to know who's joining our group. Come here live if you can at 8.30. If you've got a prayer request, share it. There are people here who will pray for you and God will answer. If you can't, watch YouTube later in the day or listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. I love you guys. God bless you. God make you strong. God fill you with his word. So until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord bless you, strengthen you, make his face shine upon you, fill you with his grace, his truth, his love, his courage, and of course, his joy. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.